Welcome into another episode of Miked Up, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Welcome to the show, everyone. It is the Draft Day Hangover episode. Uh, one of us is feeling it today, and the other one is just feeling it today. I, it, what a Friday. Just a beautiful day outside. It is beautiful outside, <laughs> and I am hurting so much. <laughs> like, uh, it is rough. Rough, to say Sunglasses the least. Sunglasses are on today in the office. I cannot handle the light bulbs. It's too You're bright. You're such a loser. I'm just blocking out the haters, boys. But look Sunglasses on. Uh, one hell of a night was had last night, um, obviously, by us celebrating the draft, seeing it come and go. I'm sure that a lot of our listeners as well partaking in that were obviously big NFL draft fans. And I, I thought it was one of the more exciting drafts that we've had. I, we kind of mentioned it yesterday. We had a little bit of a, a draft party here at the office for some friends and sponsors of the show. And it got a little wild. <laughs> it did. We thought we had <laughs> enough drinks. They brought their own drinks. And then we proceeded to drink all the drinks that we had and the extra drinks as well. Go check out my Instagram if you haven't already. That's my trash can. <laughs> That's just yours. I haven't even shown mine yet. I'm a little scared. <laughs> right? Uh, it was a good time. Let's start off with the top. Uh, the first overall pick goes as we all thought it would. I, I think by you know, Thursday night when the draft started, we all kind of predicted that it would be Trayvon Walker. And, and that is exactly what happened. Aiden Hutchinson goes number two. I think one of the first surprises, but maybe not that big of one, Derek Stingley at three. Um, again, I, I wasn't super surprised by that one. Uh, but then the pick that everyone saw coming, <laughs> pick number four, the hey, New York Jets on the let clock. Let them know. Who let are they going to take? No one knows except for the followers of at Mellow and the listeners of this podcast. Did I dunk on them last night? You bet your ass I dunked on him last night. All over him. My favorite one was someone goes, I would be amazed if this happened. And your response was, you're amazed. <laughs> like, it's just like, you better believe it, bub. Uh-huh. I saw one tweet. Oh. I don't even know how I saw it because I wasn't tagged in it. One of my favorite tweets of the night was, Matt Miller's little brother is over here dunking on all the Jets fans. Matt Miller wasn't tagged in it. I wasn't tagged in it, but it showed up on my uh, <laughs> Topics my you may be interested <laughs> in. Right? And I'm like, hey, that's me. You don't know my name, but that's, that's me. And I was dunking on them last night, which feels good, but also I, I know there are a lot of Jets fans out there that are cool. I've said it. There's a 10% of the Jets fans are actually cool people. And I, I think you should be happy with the draft that they got last night. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but I do think some of the biggest moments last night, the one that really shocked me the most was this A.J. Brown trade. And I feel like everybody has a take on it. You either hate it or you love it. I don't know about you. Uh, it was a little crowded in here last night. Mm-hmm. I, so I haven't heard your reaction. But I'll tell you, I love this trade for the Eagles. I mean, you get... 
you want to give a round of applause to the Eagles because they finally did something good in the draft. They didn't they didn't mess it up by taking a stupid player. They didn't trade up and then take the receiver that everyone was like questioning. You make a trade for a guy that you want. But the thing that really caught me by surprise with it, I also want to make it known. If you hear me flipping through papers, I told myself like just take notes of every pick and thought that you have because there's no way you're gonna remember it when you're sober in the morning. So just write it down and then you can tell as the night went on how drunk I was by how sloppy my handwriting got. So if you hear the flipping of the papers, just heads up, that's what it is. But it was just amazing to me that the Eagles were able to pull this trade off, but it also just kind of, in my mind, was like, hey, uh, there's no way the the Titans were going to trade A.J. Brown to another AFC team. They were going to get him out. I was like, if you're not playing here, you're just going to go to the NFC, have fun with the Eagles, they're willing to pay you, good luck. I think the Titans messed up. I think that's a mistake on their end, even though they get Burks out of Arkansas. That's a decent... Uh, you know, pick up there, but it's not A.J. Brown. We'll see, though. You know what I mean? It's just a draft. But at this point, happy for the Eagles. They made the right call. Yeah. And it kind of sucks. There's even, you know, more news coming out today. And it's weird when this stuff comes out after the fact, like after a big trade happens. Uh, But I think A.J. Brown did do an interview, and he's even, like, quoted as saying, like, this wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay. The The offer that they had was way too low. Uh, they didn't even offer him $20 million. And just to, like, not to skip ahead, but he did sign an extension for yeah. $25 million. And the, the Titans weren't even coming in at 20. It, he actually it says the deal was to be um, $16 million per year with incentives to get up to 20 that feels really low. That kind of, honestly, to me, feels like a slap in the face. Like that's you can't go ten million dollars below market value. Yeah. You walk into Roper Kia and you try to throw that offer on the table, <laughs> they laugh at you and say like, "Hey, this is not really how this works out. We can get you a good deal." That's not even. Their acceptable. general manager Tustin's going to throw you out himself. He's a pretty big dude. The one thing it, that caught me by surprise the most with this trade was they only gave up pick eighteen and a hundred and one. Mm-hmm. That was it. To land right. one of the top receivers in the NFL, especially when he's on the field. Some people might be like, oh, you know, there's a little bit of a injury or an injury history, you know, kind of unreliable at times. Like, I don't, you throw the guy the ball, he's going to make a fucking play. And the Eagles have that. Now, the thing is, the Eagles still have their two first round picks for next year, correct? Yeah. They're going to be set up to be decent. I mean, they're going to be fine. You got Dallas Guard at tight end, you have Devontae Smith, now AJ Brown at receiver. There's a lot to be excited about there, but if Jalen Hurts isn't your quarterback, you're kind of in a tough spot to go get a guy, even with those two first-round picks. It might put you in the middle of the pack for the draft next year, but like you're you're setting up Jalen Hurts to have success, and you got to give the Eagles mm-hmm. props for that at least. And I'm not I'm a I'm a little bit of a Jalen Hurts guy. I think he's wonderful off the field. I think he's such a good character and leader guy, from what I can perceive at least. <laughs> I do think you have to surround him with good talent on the field because on the field, I don't know how good he is yet. But I think the Eagles have invested in him and said, you know, we're going to give you a chance to succeed. And if he can't do it next year with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the field, then the Eagles do need to figure out their quarterback situation because now they've got it. The offensive line, I would assume, stays healthy next year because they haven't in any other year. But I do think next year is – uh, what's nut cutting time for Jalen Hurts? If he struggles, no more excuses. Uh, yeah. He's got the guys in there around him now, so I, I definitely think that he could have a big year. You know, AJ Brown even said 
Like I would have stayed. I would have signed for $22 million. You can say that the day after you sign your big contract, so I don't know how much I buy into that. But I, I do think that A.J. Brown wanted to stay there. I don't know if you saw any of Mike Vrabel's um, interviews. I did not. Dude is going through it. He, really? Yeah, I think it is very obvious he did not <laughs> want to get rid of A.J. Brown. He yeah, talked just... about how he literally loved A.J. Brown and like didn't want to part with the player or whatever. You know, I didn't speak. see uh, any post-draft interviews last night. Like I, <laughs> I'll be honest. With the amount of drinking that we did, and then we went out afterwards, and I went home and was like, all right, let me try and watch some quick tape and notes of who the Chiefs <laughs> drafted, and I took some drunken scouting report notes in the notes app of my phone while laying in bed and then blacked out. I shouldn't say blacked do you, out. Uh, do you want to read those, or is it? We'll probably wait till a little bit. <laughs> I, I haven't opened up the app yet to look. I just remembered that I did it right now. So Yeah. It, it, you know, the A.J. Brown was the big one. Uh, I did see some people saying, like, hey, was this – tampering like what's going on here how does he get traded feels that way immediately has a contract well and a lot of people are saying that because he immediately got traded and then signed that contract this is you know if you remember back to the deshaun watson stuff it's like hey you're allowed to talk to teams and negotiate a contract and then we'll try to like offer a trade if it's good you start negotiating a contract that's the way that went down with aj brown too The, the real surprise this isn't i don't think a tampering thing it's that it was kept so quiet that yeah. nobody really knew it was coming. Usually, you know, you get these guys that are breaking news, and it's like, oh, okay, we know the Eagles are interested. And so then when he gets traded, it's not a big deal, and you know the contract has already worked out. But even with A.J. Brown, I'm sure that the Titans gave him, or his agent, gave his agent permission to seek a trade somewhere else, try to work out these deals. So on draft night, if it comes through and your guy's there and you want to make the trade, it's okay. We've already agreed to all this stuff. Yep. Like it's already sitting there on a post-it note that says A.J. Brown, four years, $100 million for pick 18 or whatever. So I don't, I don't think it, that it was tampering. I know that it seems that way sometimes, but I do think that these teams give agents – I don't think, I know. I know these teams give agents permission to seek a trade, and I'm just more surprised that nobody knew about it. Like with uh, uh, Debo Samuel, I'm sure that his agent is talking to teams like, hey, what kind of deal can we get here – if we do make a trade, so with the so the agents doing all the work, then like the agents just going to the Titans or the Chiefs or the Patriots and like, hey, there's if you want AJ Brown, there's a possibility you can trade him. Let's talk about the contract. Mm-hmm. Or do the teams talk first about okay, here's a trade, and then the agent comes in with a contract. Which one happens first? I think it could go either way. I think some teams will reach out and say, okay, we have. An agreed deal in place, now talk to the player and work out your contract. And if everything goes smoothly, yeah, we've got a deal. Or some teams will give that agent permission, like, go seek a trade somewhere else. See what you can do, and then we'll try to work out a deal. I think it just probably depends on each situation. That's probably like what happened team. with Tyree Kill then, correct? It was like, right. hey, not working here. You're allowed to mm-hmm. go seek. And he's like, huh, Miami it is. Right, and then the agent is like, hey, Jets maybe. <laughs> Like, we're talking to the Jets, so Miami, how about 30 mil? Because the Jets are going to give us 28, when it was probably bullshit all along. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think there is a lot of stuff behind the scenes that goes on like that. Um, another trade that I just, it didn't even really get talked about last night. Like it didn't flash on the screen for me, at least when I was watching or anything like that, was the Hollywood Brown trade. He gets traded to the um, Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. From the Ravens to the Cardinals. 
I don't know what the Cardinals are thinking. He gave up a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown. And he is another guy who's going to have to be paid in the next couple of years. I just I don't understand that one at all. You Maybe like I'm him? anti-Hollywood Brown, and I didn't figure it out till last night. <laughs> I just did not like that trade at all. I think this goes to the point that I was trying to ask. I don't even want to try to act like it's a point. The question that I had, I think, a month or so ago was, are we going to start seeing general managers try to pair up college teammates, quarterbacks, and receivers after seeing Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have the success that they have or had? Looks like we're going to see that in Arizona. I'm, I'm good for Hollywood Brown. You get to go to a quarterback who's actually willing to throw you the ball down the field, and I know that comes off as like a direct knock to Lamar Jackson, but that's what the Arizona's offense is all about is just getting the ball downfield and to let Kyler Murray sling it. Lamar Jackson's going to make plays. He's going to create. It just hasn't been working out, and it does suck for Lamar Jackson because he loses his best receiving target that we've seen so far there aside from Mark Andrews. Hollywood Brown, though, in Arizona is the – immediate replacement for Kirk for Christian Kirk it's like yeah probably well, so that fast slot in, receiver type you're gonna, yep you're gonna get those opportunities now and he's probably gonna eat the question is can Kyler Murray just stay consistent throughout the season and keep giving him the ball mm-hmm. that's the biggest question mark with the Cardinals is just, I don't can you stay consistent I don't like Hollywood Brown but I think he's gonna be more productive so you know people could definitely catch me on that one and be like oh I thought you said Hollywood Brown sucked I think he can be productive in Arizona, with as much as they throw the ball and in that Kingsbury system. But we'll see. Like Giving up a first-round pick for it is, is tough, especially when you see what A.J. Brown went for. Mm-hmm. So, Or even keep it on their own roster, what DeAndre Hopkins went for. My goodness, that trade looks worse and worse every year. <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, we'll see what happens with the Cardinals. That's, that's not a team that I believe in, but I guess it, – I really I hate that trade. That would get an F from me. Everybody really? like throwing out grades. It's an F for me. You took a, a receiver who is not that good in the first round when you have a lot of other needs, too. So it's not even so much that I don't like the player that they got back. It's that sitting there at pick 23, I would have roasted them for taking a receiver anyway. Well, here's a question. I don't want to come off like a smartass. Like, what other needs do you oh, think you Arizona are. needs? Offensive line, corner, safety. Bam, that was quick. All right. Yeah. And when I say offensive line, center guard tackle. <laughs> I don't think it's just one thing. Yeah, it's, it's all of them. And then, like, you know, a lot of people will make this argument. I don't want to argue against myself here. But you traded for a receiver you're going to have to pay. So it's not even like, oh, he's young and cheap. Yeah, and Matt brings up a great point in the chat. They also still have Rondell Moore. And Andy Isabella. Actually, I don't know if he's on roster anymore, but they drafted him ahead of DK Metcalf. That's a good People point. don't forget. I remember Cliff. meeting Andy Isabella and thought he was a, a worker at the Senior Bowl, and I was like, holy shit, that's Andy Isabella. <laughs> right? <laughs> this uh, is a guy who cleared a path in the snow at UMass to run a 40 to train. Like, this yeah. little guy. So I, with the Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown stuff, I don't know. He had a really good year last year. Um, 91 catches, just over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. That's really good production. He was the only receiver on that team. Like everybody was banged up. He was the number one receiver, and that's, I think, what led to a lot of that production. He's still kind of young, 24. Almost, well, he's almost 25. Yeah, I don't like the pick. I was trying to talk myself into it. I can't. I don't like that pick. Well, you've talked me into not liking it now either, especially when Matt brings up the point that they still have Rondell Moore. 
who they took last year. That's and why you're brought, okay with moving on from Christian Kirk's because you have Rondell Moore sitting there. And they brought back A.J. Green, which shouldn't stop you from drafting anyone yeah. because he's old. But then you also have Hopkins. So now you have four receivers. Like somebody needs to wake these dudes up. This is not Texas Tech. You're not running five wide out there. And none of them, that's another point, none of them are going to play special teams. Hollywood Brown is not playing kickoff team. Yeah. A.J. Green's not out there on punt return or whatever. So now you've got to fill out the rest of your roster. I mean, you have to get these guys like Rondell Moore. You probably don't want him playing special teams. Now he's got to. Lucky yeah. for him, he's a good returner. But still, you've got to figure out who's playing kickoff, who's on punt coverage. And stuff like that. And now you've you know, locked into at least three receivers that will not be out there at any point. So I, I, don't, I don't like that trade. I do like the trade for the Eagles. And you know, with the Titans even, I'm not roasting them too hard either. Because I, I like the move, I guess, to, to move on and say, no, we can find another young receiver. I saw a lot of that last night on Twitter of like, okay, they're giving up you know, this big contract. Or they don't have to pay A.J. Yeah. Brown now. So you're creating space for another guy. And if you hit on it, it looks really good. You know, like the Vikings traded away Stephon Diggs, drafted Justin Jefferson. Nobody's talking about that being a bad trade. Nope. Like, that really worked out for him. I and will tell you, though, you remember that DeForest Buckner trade? <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going to get rid of this old veteran who cost too much money. We're going to bring in a young, new guy. Look at Ken Law. And it hasn't worked out at all. Damn, so we'll see what happens. Or, you know, maybe it's not that extreme. But those two picks last night, um, I thought it was interesting. Like I said yesterday, I was rooting for chaos, and mm-hmm. we did see a lot of, a lot of trades. Well, the thing was, is like those two picks for those receivers, Hollywood Brown and AJ Brown, happened within like ten minutes of each other. It was just yeah. like you were processing the fact that one of them gets traded, and then bam, the next one's gone. But I think it made it a little easier for Titans fans with the idea of like, okay, we immediately tried to replace them. Like we we have another receiver. If you would have traded away A.J. Brown and then went and drafted a defense lineman or a linebacker or someone else, I feel like Titans fans would be in an uproar right now. You're in a little bit better situation. We'll see how it works out. The one thing about just going all the way back to the Eagles here, because you get A.J. Brown in the trade, but you also got Jordan Davis from Georgia, the defensive tackle, which in my mind I think was fantastic for them because you're probably going to lose Fletcher Cox. You lost him, and then you immediately got him back this offseason just to work out the contract. Snip, snap, so, snip, snap. Exactly. So he's clearly older, and we were talking about him yesterday, too, on radio, that he was drafted in, what, like 2010? I think it was, yeah. it was the same class. And so it's like he's been in the league for a minute. Right. And if you can go from Fletcher Cox and get Jordan Davis in there for a year to understand or learn to be a pro from Fletcher Cox, you're going to love that, and that works out great for the Eagles. I'm just happy to see the Eagles fans finally had a good draft because it's been a minute since they have. Yeah, they taken some of those guys. Night, I should say, like a good night in round one. Mm-hmm. Last year, I, I think you're happy with that one. I don't necessarily remember who they got, but you got to be happy with Devonte Smith from last year. That Jalen Rager pick looks real bad, but I'll tell you what, I know at least I said it at the time. That's a terrible pick. <laughs> you drafted him instead of Justin Jefferson. Yup. That's I could spend just an entire day going down draft <laughs> Every history time holes. I think of Jalen Rager getting picked or it comes up. I saw a video. It reminds me every time it's just like boom, my thought goes to the the video of Eagles fans at a draft party. They're on the screen. 
they they think they're trading up to get Justin Jefferson, and they're all excited. And then they take Jalen Rager, and the video like pans over to an Eagles fan standing there, and he's got on an Eagles mask, and he just looks so sad, and he's just <laughs> staring like right at the television. It's freaking like I'm gonna have to find the video and share it because you need to see. It. I did a very poor job of explaining it, but rough morning for Big Country, dude. It's I tough. love the video. I am hurting so bad right now. I love the video of the Vikings draft room when they're like trying to figure out who's gonna you know get drafted in front of them. And then they see Jalen Rager get drafted, and they're like, oh, my God, Justin Jefferson is still there. Like, put the pick in. Where is it? Where's the card? Email. Do whatever we have to. Get that pick in. Uh, It was great. And uh, I did see uh, this morning, actually, uh, as it's mentioned here in the chat, um, friend Adam Lefko, big Eagles fan, running Mm -hmm. the Bleacher Report stuff last night. I've seen that man have to live through some terrible, terrible Eagles picks when that trade happened last night, he had a fantastic reaction. Who was it, the edge rusher that they took? And he was he was um, pissed about it. And he was like, we took that fat edge rusher? Like Derek Barnett out of Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and he just like walks off set. And then they, they even had Jason Kelsey on with them when the trade happened. That was great timing, too. Yep. He was very excited about it. Homie brought out some science and was like force equals mass times acceleration. <laughs> like that is one of my favorite Draft quotes of all time. Like, that's so good that he used that one. Um, other winners and losers from the draft, we'll kind of get to that one. Anything else that stuck out to you from last night? Uh, honestly, pretty much right there at the start of the draft with Derek Stingley going to three. And the reason I mention that is because I took the note of, like, you know, the NFL just does not care if you sit out a season. You know, we saw it with Jamar Chase the year before. Missed that season, just decided to sit out. You come through, you're still a top five pick. Right here with, you know, same university, LSU, boom, top five pick at number three to the Texans. Like, they just they don't care if you're missing college. And so I think it's one of those deals where, like, maybe we ought to just stop making such a huge deal of it in the media. Like, if you skip a season, it's just like, eh, it's whatever. <laughs> All right. Still, if you're talented. I wasn't sure enough, where you were going with that. It's like, remember, your co-host and friend is a college football advocate. I oh, that. I wasn't about to say skip over college. No, I'm just saying like <laughs> yeah. with Derek, if a, like a high end player is like, actually, I'm just not playing this year. We suck. It's not going to be like, oh, his draft stock's gone down. He's still a fucking good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still going to test well. He's just not playing for the school anymore because one, you suck this right. season, and two, your coach got fired, and you're not going to go out there and get yourself hurt. Mm-hmm. And bam, your top three pick, huge, huge, great decision by Derek Stingley. And it's still good for the university too mm-hmm. to just be able to, I mean, bring in recruits and say, hey, this. It's our corner, Derek Stingley, number three overall draft pick. And wasn't there, like, a ton of question marks, too, on, like, how much he loved football or, like, his training or if he cared or if it was just, like, you know, one good season, that was it? Like, I don't remember hearing any of those for Stingley. I'm sure that people did question it because he played, like, ten games in his last two seasons. Yeah. And did get injured and then was like, nah, actually, I'm good. So I'm sure there were questions. I was right there with you on that one, though. Like, your team's not good. You're already coming back from an injury. Might as well sit. Yeah. So, and, you know, like guys like Jamar Chase the year before, Rashawn Slater, there was a lot of talk even in that draft of, oh, if you sit out, you're going to be rusty and things like that. Guess what? They weren't. Yeah. Two of the best rookies in that class, Jamar Chase and Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Um, some other great – products here for you not just draft how about some vehicles go visit roper kia check them out look at their inventory if they don't have the car of your dreams they will help you find it 
And if you mention us here at Miked Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer car. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website, there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in position to protect you and your family, and you can do so with Gunspot.com. Let's do talk Real some. Real quick. I'm, I don't say position. I say position. I've noticed that all week. I've put seen it in, in the chat. <laughs> put yourself in position. No, put yourself in position, Austin. That's not even a hangover. I can't blame that on a hangover. Someone said it in the chat on Wednesday, and I was like, there ain't no Oh, way. it's been in there at least yesterday. three times. Oh, man. I didn't know when you were saying it, but I have seen people putting it in the chat that you say position. I just got to roast myself. <laughs> yeah, you put brought your, that one It's up. not a matter of if in position. You better just get out of the way. <laughs> right? Big country. Uh, when people <laughs> ask you, like, oh, why do they call you big country? Just tell them to listen to the podcast. Yeah. They'll figure I, it out. It was the initial story of, like, I peed on a tree in Mobile and then went and sat down at a fancy restaurant. And someone was like, man, you really are just big country kid, huh? Just whipping out, pissing on a tree in the town square. I was like, like don't call me that. And then, bam, it stuck. But now I know it's just because I talk like a fucking moron for a living. For a living. I love me. <laughs> Yeah, um, sometimes it sounds like gut spot, not gun spot. Oh, no way. That's Yeah, that's another one. Gun spot. It's well, okay. That was rude, Matt. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that part was just unnecessary. <laughs> Let's get to some of these winners and losers from last night, though, because I do want to talk about it. Jets fans and I have been going at each other all week. One more thing on that. Let's flash back to when I tweeted, Sauce Gardner seems like a lock at number four in the top five, whatever it was. King. That was on Monday, by the way. Yeah. This, this was when everybody still thought Aiden Hutchinson at number one was a lock. Two, we, like everybody thought, oh, it's Trayvon Walker. At three, everyone thought Iki Aquanu. I want some credit for that one. I've lived in the moment, though. Thank you. But it's, it is nice. But winners, I am going to put the Jets on there as a winner. I thought they did a really good job of working the board. Um, I did see people say uh, the Jets don't value corners. They do. <laughs> Proven. It's a fact. And they got a very good one. Yeah. It, you know, I think they maybe even walked away with the best corner in the draft at pick number four. And I know a lot of people don't like drafting corners high, but I, I still think that in this draft, Sauce Gardner can be a big difference maker. So I like that pick. And then um, they were still able to grab a receiver in round one, mm-hmm. two. And then they worked the board, which is something I love seeing teams do. You work the board and you come back and you get one of my favorite pass rushers too. So, I mean, you checked three boxes with very good players. I think you could make an argument that at least someone out there had Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson as the number one player at each of those positions. Well, I was going to ask you, who's your number? Like, who is your favorite receiver? Did you have them officially ranked? Um, I don't remember. Like, I did. I, uh, I, I like Garrett Wilson a lot, but I really like Jamison Williams. He yeah. he was probably wide receiver one for me. Like my final thought process. I don't know mm-hmm. if I put it on a big board anywhere, but I 
I would have Jamison Williams as wide receiver one. But I do I like this move for the Jets. Yeah. And I, I think they had a fantastic draft. So I'm definitely labeling them as one of my winners from last night. It's nice to see the Jets be heading in the right direction this time. Like your takeoff was flawless right here in the draft. It's perfect. You haven't landed yet. You're still taking off for your flight. But the fact that you now have another reliable target for Zach Wilson to go along with Elijah Moore and Michael Carter at running back, I think it's going to be nice. And then you went and got a tight end in the offseason as well. His name is slipping my, my mind right now. Came from Cincinnati. He got injured right in the Oh, playoffs. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of his name. <sighs> CJ something. Yes. Um, but so like you get, you've given Zach Wilson plenty of options here to make something happen, and it's exciting. And now the fact that you've also helped your defense in this division is good for you as well. Because like that's one thing that always confused me with all the Jets fans saying like, oh, we're going to go, you know, offensive line. We're going to go defensive line. It's like if you can get Sauce Gardner right there at four, why are you arguing and taking that? Look at the receivers in your division. Look at Buffalo. Look at Miami. Those guys are fast and they're good. You need someone to cover them. Mm-hmm. It helps. Yeah, it helps. Good for the Jets. I'm um, happy for them. I know you also had the Jets as one of your winners too, but also the other New York team, one of your winners. The New York Giants. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought they had a fantastic draft. The fact that you're able to get Kayvon Thibodeau, it looks, it feels like you've been trying to get an edge rusher for a minute and you just haven't been able to make it happen. And then you get Evan Neal to protect your quarterback, whoever it's going to be next year. So I think what they did was fantastic. That was the only two picks. But I like the fact that they did exactly what we discussed yesterday before the draft. It was like, you know, if you can sit there and get the edge rusher at five, allow Carolina to either trade back or get the offensive lineman that they want, you're still sitting there with, you know, Evan Neal or Charles Cross as an option. But the fact that Aquanu goes first, then you definitely got to pick out of those two who you wanted. And they land their guy in Evan Neal. And then, yeah, with them sitting there at five knowing, hey, we are going to walk away with this with Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal, or, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, mm-hmm. All three of those guys right there on the board. Uh, I think that shows that they were pretty confident in both Neal and Aquanu to say, let's go ahead and take the pass rusher here that we yeah. like a lot, it, which turned out to be smart. I know even sitting there at the time, it's like, ooh, you could take Jermaine Johnson here. Well, he fell way down the board. Yeah. So apparently there's some stuff in his interviews that the NFL doesn't like. And, you know, it's not just like the Giants. It's, it's a lot of different teams. You yep. probably flagged him for some stuff. Uh, but I, I like their draft, too. My favorite draft of the night, and I don't, like, people are talking about it. I tweeted it out, even, like, who won the first round, and a lot of people are replying the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think we're giving them enough credit for how good their draft was. I, I was talking, I was DMing with a Ravens fan earlier today, and he's like, tell me how much you love this Ravens draft. They very well could have the two best players in this draft. Like, It's a very likely possibility that Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum are offensive and defensive rookie of the year next year. you got a huge difference maker on your offensive line who I think he's going to be fantastic. I'm yeah. like Creed Humphrey level center. And, you know, even I was talking yesterday, I, don't, I didn't understand why he was falling to the second round. I didn't get it. Uh, but he gets snatched up here by the Ravens in round one. And then how does the NFL continue to let playmakers on defense fall to the Baltimore Ravens? No shit. Like, that's what's just so It's annoying. just not fair. <laughs> like, just good for them, though, at the same time. Like, like hey, we didn't do anything. We just sat mm-hmm. here and waited our turn. And uh, here's one of the best safeties in the class. 
right here on our lap. Yeah, and watching the draft last night too. You know, a lot of us here that were with us are Chief fans, mm-hmm. and you know, there were even a lot of people that are like, "Okay, this is good. Like, the Ravens aren't going to take one of these receivers. They take Kyle Hamilton." And there are a couple reactions like, "All right, now we can trade up, do this." <laughs> yeah. And it it might sound good at the time, but then you have to think about Kyle Hamilton in a Ravens uniform. That's going to fucking suck when the Chiefs have to play him. I mean, he he can take away a tight end. Travis Kelsey's very good. It's going to be hard to stop him, but if you're going to have a guy do it, Kyle Hamilton, against all those AFC teams, uh, you know, against a a Darren Waller type, against um, Travis Kelsey, they had a very good draft. I I think it's one of my uh, favorite drafts I've ever seen. By the Ravens? Ever. (laughs) When you look at the value they got, both those picks, and the difference they could make, it could be like a Hall of Fame class. I mean, it is an immediate impact for both sides of the ball for them. You immediately help your offensive line, and you immediately help your defense in the secondary. And you've already built everything else kind of through the draft over the last couple of years where you go edge, you go linebacker and Patrick Queen, and now you go Kyle Hamilton right here at safety. The thing with the Ravens is, like, these guys fall in their lap, but they're also just young players that they just plug in and play immediately, and they just reload their team year in and year out for their defense. In that division, we talked about it earlier, especially after the Browns went – or not the Browns, excuse me, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. It's like, hey, you got lucky this year. Everything just kind of fell your way. And now you sit here and you look at every other team in the division, they got better this draft as well, except maybe Pittsburgh. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But it's just – Right. It's going to be even harder now for the Bengals to have success. And same thing for the Browns. Like This defense by the Ravens is solid. Mm-hmm. And then one other winner that we both had was the Detroit Lions. I yep. think they had a phenomenal draft as well. It's easy to kind of piggyback on these teams that get two first-round picks or more to be like, oh, of course you did a good job because you got two really solid players. But the Lions got also two of my favorite players. I just said it earlier. Uh, Jamison Williams, I, had, I think he was wide receiver one. And I think it was pretty easy to tell last night where he wanted to be drafted. I don't know how happy he's going to be in Detroit, but that's a good pick. (laughs) And I like that they were aggressive and moving up to get their guy. We talked all week about there's going to be a run on receivers. You need to trade up to this position to get them. Detroit did it. No one was mentioning Detroit as a a trade-up candidate either, but they did it. They get their guy, and then obviously Aiden Hutchinson at two, I think is just a really good, safe pick. I liked that one. Uh, but then, again, moving up and being aggressive, not just sitting there and waiting for someone to fall in your laps or yep. reaching for a quarterback in this draft class. They didn't do it. I mean, last night they traded up. I'm sure a lot of us thought, oh, shit, they're taking a quarterback here. They did not. They took a receiver, I, I, a receiver that I really like. And you can go back to those, those Ohio State receivers. And he, he kind of gets counted as one because he spent some time at Ohio State, but I mean, Brian Ohio State fans, it's like, hey, we had three receivers taken in the first exactly. round. Even their their wide receiver coach, though, was like, hey, there are three receivers getting drafted in the first round. I had all of them. That's a <laughs> dick on the table move. That's yeah. a, <laughs> He's already the best wide receiver coach in the country. But then to be able to look and say, hey, all three of them, I coached them. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba next year, Ohio State, it's probably wide receiver you know. Who was it before? Clemson? I think Alabama made a really strong case. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Surprisingly, Jerry Judy, I think he's been kind of a disappointment. I'm waiting to say but that. Yeah. Jalen Waddle, very good. Devontae Smith had a very good 
season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jamison Williams, he's kind of split. Is he an Ohio State guy? Is he an Alabama guy? I guess he should probably count more for Alabama. Yeah. But what Ohio State is doing is is pretty impressive, especially at the receiver position. They better pay Brian Hartline, their receivers coach. I, they gave him a raise. He probably needs to be paid like a coordinator, though. He is such a good recruiter mm-hmm. and developer of the talent that they bring in there. The I would love to see can... Texas just be like, here's $2 million. Come to Texas. <laughs> oh, man. They'll do it. <laughs> but Ohio State would match it and just be like, yeah, fuck, $2 million? Okay. Whatever. Here's five. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, but I, I did like that draft for the Lions, but some losers – you mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers. I also have the Pittsburgh Steelers as one of my draft losers. Man, I just don't see it with Kenny Pickett. I've nope. been wrong a million times. Maybe I'm wrong again, but I just don't love him and in Pittsburgh. I don't. I'm willing to say that he's just not going to be very good. He's not going to be a franchise guy. And some people might hear that and be like, well, that's not really that hot of a take. I'll take a pie to the face if he ends up being a Pro Bowl at some point in his career. We'll start making those bets. We'll yeah. have Dan Patrick on this shit right now. If he yeah. ends up being a pro bowler, you can throw a pie in my face. I don't think it's going to happen, so I think so, it's pretty safe. I'm not going pie in the face with you. No, that's fine. You don't have to. I just don't think he's going to be very good. I think that was a wasted pick by Pittsburgh. I did I did the pie in the face thing one time as a teacher. Um, it was Here's a funny story. It's not a tell the truth story, but it is. We were doing this thing when I was teaching – and they sent an email, and it was like, register for the pie, blah, 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 blah. I replied back with my name and, like, information and stuff. I thought I was registering for, like, a giveaway that I was going to get a pie. <laughs> then, like, a week later, I walk through the cafeteria taking my class to lunch, and I see my name on, like, a coffee can bucket type thing with all these tickets in it. And I'm like, hell yeah, like I'm going to win this pie. Then I read the details of it. And it's like, holy shit, I'm about to get a pie in the face tomorrow. Because that's what I had registered for was a pie in the face. And I, my bucket had all these tickets. And so I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'm getting pied in the face tomorrow. Like this shouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> I thought it would be just like some whipped cream in a, a pie yeah. pan. No, no, no. It was a lemon meringue pie which I hate, and the kid that won, they drew his name out of the bucket. He wins, and one of my students is like, that's the best pitcher in the school. Like, that kid can throw heat, and he's about to pie you in the face (laughs) tomorrow. So I'm like, I don't get to win or eat this pie. Now I'm going to have to take one to the face. And also, I just thought it would be like, like I said, like Cool Whip or something, you know, whipped cream. No, no, no. It hurt when it hit me in the face, and it stained my pants, ruined them. And teaching at the time, baller on a budget. Yeah. Like that's You just took a pair of pants out of my rotation. My <laughs> face hurts, and I don't even get to eat the pie. You, they did just have you sit there, and then they just, like, just push your face into it? They like no. Ruined? He, he went full wind-up. Little, you know, step back. Here's the kick and the pitch, and he launched it as hard as he could. No way. I even asked him afterwards. I was like, dude, are, are we good? Like, do you hate, hate me? What happened here for you to do that? And he's like, oh, I just thought it'd be fun. Yeah, for one of us, <laughs> yeah. not me. 
All the students loved it. I didn't. I hated it. I cried a little in my classroom. Yeah, I don't blame you. Though, Not whatever. really, but I felt like it. All right, your secret's safe with us. I did on the way home. Uh, Patriots, also going to be a loser for me, though. I don't understand taking Cole Strange at that pick. Uh, you could have had him much later. Now, I was talking with a Patriots fan earlier today, too. But, you know, if he turns out to be a good player, nobody will laugh at that pick. But I still think if you like that guy, you've already moved down once. Why not keep moving down? Yeah. I just – it's hard to question Bill Belichick. That's the only part that exactly. worries me. But at the same time, it's like, have we reached a point where maybe we can? As a GM, yes. I think we've reached that point a long time ago with him to where they make some moves, and it's like, why are you, why are you doing that? He's a, he is the greatest coach of all time. 100%. But him as a GM holds back him as a coach, which is kind of scary. Like, you give them an actual GM or, you know, what more is it that Matt office? used to say? Bill Belichick, the head coach, saves Bill Belichick, the general manager, so many times. Is that how you said it? I have no idea. Well, I think it is, and I think he's absolutely <laughs> right. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, damn, like, you just, you get to the point where you do question him, and you're just like, well, as a coach, he's going to be fine. He's going to take care of it, and the Patriots are still going to be decent. They're not going to be bad. But now it's like, well, when you really look at it, they're now protecting Mac Jones. That's good. You help for the offensive line in the run game. But now it's like, what are you going to do in round two? Where are you going to go for receiver? Who do you have that you can ultimately rely on at receiver for Mac Jones? There's really not anybody there. Right. Just your two tight ends and Hunter and- Henry and uh, – Another one of the yeah, losers that you put on your list, the Washington Commanders, taking Jahan Dotson that high. I don't know about that one. I'm not the biggest Jahan Dotson fan. I like I can kind of get it because there was that run on receivers. Yeah. I saw Washington Commander fans say, you know, I'm going to go watch like tape all night. And I don't know like how much stake to put into this, but he did say – you know, I did watch the film last night. I do think he's a good receiver. He clearly didn't get much help from his quarterback, putting him in good situations to make plays. He also just didn't get that media hype that a lot of these other receivers did. Mm-hmm. But he is a good player, and I do think he's better than another one of those receivers, uh, Chris Olave out of Ohio State. It's like, okay, you know, maybe that's a possibility, but you did trade up to get this kid. Or you traded back, excuse me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If, especially if you're right there at 11 and you want a receiver, why didn't you just take Chris Olave? Or were you fine settling for Jahan Dotson? Right. That's that, where it just confuses me with Washington. And it's also the thing, that's probably the one position you didn't need to draft at. Mm-hmm. Unless you think you're going to lose Terry McLaurin. Which would suck. Good <laughs> good luck replacing him with a rookie receiver. I don't. That's risky. I know we yeah. talked about it kind of with A.J. Brown, too. Maybe it'll hit. Maybe it won't. The Saints also had a sneaky good draft. They, they kind of uh, they were able to get Chris Olave at eleven, and then Trevor Penning at nineteen. Those are going to be two really solid players for them. That's another really good pick. Um, the Steelers won again. I don't, I don't know about Kenny Pickett playing in that weather. And it, I'll stop you right there before you mention that he stayed in Pittsburgh. He never had to play in December or January in Pittsburgh. Yep. He's going to have to play, I assume, maybe he won't, uh, he's going to have to play some games in January and February, late December, where it's not going to be nice in Pittsburgh or, you know, in Cleveland, Cincinnati, Baltimore, 
that's a tough division to play football in for quarterbacks. I don't put a lot of stock into the whole small hands thing. I think you can have big hands and still have bad ball security or not good grip strength and the ball slips out. I haven't really seen anything with Kenny Pickett. I, like Some people will be like, oh, they'll knock him for the gloves and stuff. It's like, why? That just helps him. And he still hasn't really, to me, I don't think he's had any ball security issues. If yeah, he does, I, this is going to make it worse for the Steelers because that's not getting better. Surely you're not having ball security issues when you're wearing fucking receiver gloves, right? Like, surely that thing's just stuck in there. And if you are, probably it's even more of a mistake by the Pittsburgh Steelers. As you were talking, though, I was kind of looking back and thinking of Big Ben. He played several games there in Pittsburgh wearing gloves. He was a two-glove guy when it got real cold out as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe Pittsburgh's like, hey, we actually we don't care. We saw Big Ben do it all the time. Can this kid sling it? Can he step in, learn the offense, be a leader, and be the face of this franchise? Steelers apparently think so if you're taking him at 20. Yeah, and Matt just put it in the chat, too. 36 career fumbles. Yikes. Ugh. His comp should have been Daniel Jones. I didn't do a lot of comps this year. Should have been Daniel Jones. Hey, with that many fumbles, absolutely. <laughs> also, I tweeted it last night after the pick was announced, but I think it was by uh, my sports update, where it's like the Steelers have taken Kenny Pickett. And I just said, well, that's a fucking mistake. You know what it else just we, goes to show it is, even more. You know what else we learned last night is that you have an absolutely terrible poker face. Ooh, what I do? You were giving away everything that was big. Like, it was like watching a movie and you had already reacted to like the big jump scare. Oh, the Jameson Williams one I did big time. I was pissed about that. Because, one, we tell Matt, please don't tell us. And then I get on Twitter and don't everyone gets the picks before us. And it's just uh-huh. like the lines trade up. And it's like, sorry, boys. And you immediately see what the pick is. And you're just like, fuck. And I, I appreciate him sending the text to be like, hey, do you want me to tip picks for you guys? I actually hate it. So thank you for sending the, the question yeah. to ask if I wanted it. I don't. I like to react to the, the picks being announced on TV. Mm-hmm. It's become like a thing on Twitter. No offense to anybody who likes it or does it. I don't need you tipping the picks. Yeah. And especially the people that aren't high up. Don't copy and paste Adam Schefter's tweets and then pretend like you have a guy telling you the picks. Yeah. But it, it made it rough last night because, like, I wanted to be interactive on Twitter and, you know, tweet and stuff like yep. that. But then I would see, like, oh, here's the pick. But, you know, ESPN's at a commercial break. But now I know at one point I think I was two or three picks ahead of the broadcast. Yeah. And I didn't want to be. <laughs> I was right there with that Jameson Williams trade because it was like, boom, here's Jordan Davis. Okay, you know, now here's the Baltimore Ravens. And it was like – then the uh, the Texans getting Kenyon Green, which I thought was a good pick. Like another team that had a good draft was the Texans. I don't think we've even really said that yet. I'm fine with what they did in the draft. You got a corner and you got an offensive lineman. Immediately helps your team. Good for you. What lineman they get? Uh, Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Ooh, yeah, that one I question too. You there are a lot of people that, that like him. I don't like him at 15, especially as a guard. But there was like a little bit of a run on offensive lineman there, right in the middle. Between I'll give them credit because. 19. They got in front of – they stayed in front of the Chargers, who also took an interior lineman. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't love Kenyon Green. He's a guy that they even tried playing a little bit at left tackle, and, like, it didn't work. So now he's, he's really getting kicked in yeah. to guard. Uh, 
maybe he'll be really solid, but I don't know. Taking him as a guard at 15 when Zion Johnson is still on the board, I would have taken him. Like if, if the Texans took Zion Johnson, I probably wouldn't think too much of that pick, but I don't, I didn't like him. I did um, at, for teams that only had one pick in the first round. It seems really boring. That Zion Johnson pick is going to be a good one. You really? put him on the same back offensive back line as going offensive line and right. Rashawn Slater. It's that's not good <laughs> for Chiefs fans. If you're a Chargers fan, that's a good pick. It sucks when that happens. That's one thing that like the the draft is fun because we see the teams that are bad and it's like hey. Seems It feels like you made a good pick, so I want to be excited for it. And we talked about it with the New York teams, the Giants and the Jets. Uh, the Lions, I'm so happy for them. Jaguars, it's whatever. But the fact that like you see some of these teams that you can tell they're heading in the right direction through the draft, and then it's like, okay, you see the Chargers, it's like, fuck, they're still drafting good. I don't you want you to go in the right direction. Ah, they, oh, they took a corner. That was a good pick by them. Yeah. And then it's like you see the Ravens and you're like, shit, if you all come back healthy, you got someone good on your offensive line and your defense. The one pick that I really, really did like was Quay Walker to Green Bay. Right before the draft, his name kind of started to rise up a little bit, like, hey, this might be a day one guy. You know, a lot of people are actually interested in him. He's a freak. He's fast. He's very athletic and linebacker. A lot of teams are going to be interested in that. Some people immediately thought New England Patriots. Well, Green Bay gets him at pick 22, and I was very happy for them. They finally get an athletic linebacker that they haven't had in a minute. You cannot say the number 22 without me thinking of your TikTok. Dog, you got to bring that up. <laughs> it's a 22. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> is it still up? Is it out oh, 100%. There? Is it on First the TikTok? TikTok video, yeah. <laughs> I don't is know why there? you're embarrassed by it. It's hilarious. <laughs> Go view the TikTok, guys. What is your TikTok? What's the oh, app? Look. I don't know if I can look without being taken out of the app. Uh, you, you, people will find it. Tweet it out after the show or something like that. Uh, but at pick 22, I do like the Packers and what they were able to do. Um, and even I think their GM said earlier today, we weren't going to reach on a guy just because he was a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That should be an obvious, but it's not. But I really liked the fact that they said, okay, all the receivers are gone. We're not taking one. Let's just get a really good linebacker who a lot of people had rising up through the draft. They get another big pass rush type three-tag defensive end, Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. Now, you you got two really good players on your defense. It might not make your quarterback happy, but also, like, let's see what you do in the rest of the draft. It's only one out of seven rounds, so we'll see what else they add. Another surprise for me was the Kansas City Chiefs. I usually don't like to talk too much yeah. about them, but I was surprised. I, I thought they would take Jermaine Johnson when he was sliding. They trade up. I think all of us thought they were taking yeah. Jermaine Johnson, and then they don't. Uh, they took a corner. This is another good example of X team doesn't value Y position. Chiefs never take a corner early. Well, I was buying into that. I said it several times leading up to the draft. Like, hey, Brett Veach will find a value at corner later in the draft. It's whatever. It's fine. They're not going to sit here and go up and get it. And I get having a draft philosophy and, and stuff like that to be like, oh, we really don't want to take this position early. We'd rather hit on it later, like running backs, things like that. But I do think eventually you have to look at it and say, what's our biggest weakness? Oh, shit, it's corner. We need to make sure we get one of them. And, you know, you and I were even talking about it yesterday. I only had three 
first-round grades on corners. Chiefs were able to get the third one. Yeah, obviously loved Stingley and Gardner, and then the Chiefs able to get in front of I, some of these other teams. I think the Buffalo Bills was another one. Like, oh, we got to make sure we're up there in front of them. They make a deal. Trent McDuffie. Uh, a lot of people like Trent McDuffie a little bit more than I do. I'm not like I don't hate this draft, but I wish it would have went a different yeah. way. I really liked Dax Hill. I really liked Jermaine Johnson, and the Chiefs could have had both of those guys. But they walk away with McDuffie and Carl Loftus. It, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm not in love with it, but I'm usually not with the Chiefs. Like draft. I said, and it, it's worked out with before. them going corner. Like I said, I late <laughs> in laying in bed last night, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try and watch some game tape of these guys, try and get an understanding. I took drunken scouting notes in my notes app on my phone, and it's just. Did you, are you ready to yeah, read that's those? Yeah, ready to do here. I'll see if you're ready for it. To be honest with you, and it was just. You watch the scouting clips, so you kind of see what other people are saying, but you're also watching and trying to build your own opinion. It was one thing I noticed, and it was like, he's not scared to come down and tackle. He's physical. He's got a, I don't want to say an ego, but he's got a bit of cockiness to him. And it's like, you love to see that if you're a Chiefs fan because you just keep that in the secondary. You keep that mindset after not bringing back Honey Badger. So it's like, okay, you have that with McDuffie. That's great. He stays home and his coverage responsibilities. He's good in zone and in man. He gets his head turned around. If you're a Chiefs fan, you completely understand that their corners have been notoriously bad at getting their head turned around and trying to go out for the ball, and you get the stupid holding or pass interference call in game situations that it doesn't need to happen. And one thing about McDuffie, too, that I noticed is he always puts himself in positions to make plays in the run and the pass. He's very good at, like, being in man, getting across the field and not running into any of his own teammates and, and still getting a clear, straight path to the offensive player that has the ball. So I love seeing that. With George, I'll be completely honest, I just I haven't seen it this entire process. I've just been like, George Karloftis, out of fucking Purdue, who gives a shit? You just haven't been happy with it. And then when you see the stats, and he was right up there in terms of, you know, what was it, pass rush, and not pass rush, excuse me, but getting to the quarterback, rushing the quarterback, having some moves, it was awesome. But at the same time, it's like when you watch him, he's not, he, there's no finesse in his pass rush at all. It is, I'm coming. Oh, I'm all straight at you. And sometimes it works, yeah. and you can tell that there's... Right, sometimes you love it. When a guy does a bull rush and puts a tackle yeah. on his ass, whew, that's And exciting. I will say, I do like the fact that he's good against the run as well. As long as Kansas City Chiefs fans have the mindset of, like, this guy's not going to be a finesse pass rusher. He's going to be doing all these crazy spin moves. His spin moves are actually brutal. Probably the worst spin moves I've ever seen anybody try to do if you haven't just go watch a game tape and just watch him do a spin move he just spins in the same spot he he covers no ground in the spin it's just spins in a that's circle your next TikTok. Like, fucking a big country imitating george Carl i will just stand up do a ballerina spin look for that later today yeah, i can at big country is uh, they put it in the chat at big uh, i think it's at underscore big country mic'd up or something at big country mic'd up look on that. tiktok there i is it's a 22. It's 22. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're embarrassed by it, but it's still up. Because I do think <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious. Some of your best content is when you, like, are embarrassed I will also about it. Well, yeah, it's a silly video. It also took me eight takes to learn the dance. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you did TikTok dances, your account would blow up. I'm just not ready for that fame. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I couldn't handle that. I'm not mentally prepared right. for that. You still like to go out and eat dinner at, you know, yeah, like Club I still like having my meat stuff like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Speaking of Club 609, 
home of a great happy hour, two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours, phenomenal appetizers. And we can't let Big Country get too famous because then he won't be able to go there anymore. But you should go there uh, before you're too famous as well. Again, great happy hour from 2 to 8 every weekday, 11 until 8 on Saturday, which is tomorrow. Um, Two-for-one drink specials. They'll bring you two drinks for the Absolutely. Price. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joppa, Missouri, on 1st and Main Street. They know what they're doing. They've been here for a while. Mark Edder and the guys pride themselves on taking care of you and giving you the best customer service possible. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Also, it is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you're going to need your oil changed and your tire service, and you can get that done right here in Joplin, Missouri at Downtown Loop. Things that I can't say anymore without thinking of big country. A matter of if. I didn't realize how much I said that until the last month. Now every time I say it, it just comes up in conversation or when we're doing something, I'm like, <laughs> niff. <laughs> That's what's happening in my head, <laughs> niff. <laughs> and nobody else knows what's going on. And uh, shoot, what was the other one? 22. I can't, so 22. cannot hear it. <laughs> Do I need to recreate thinking. the I'm, No, I'm not. I'm not going to recreate The video is perfect the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's got like that big head yeah. filter on it. Too. That was the reason why I wanted to do it because I thought that big head filter was hilarious. When did you? Uh, do when it? I was living in Kansas City, like 2020, like pandemic. Uh yeah, I think it was right right after I just had it, so I was feeling better, or maybe I don't know. The person that was with me was getting annoyed at how long it was taking me to learn the dance, and you can tell right there at the end that they immediately cut it when it's over because they're just like, "Thank God," and they ended it. That's got to be a tough spot to ask someone to record what you doing a TikTok. The whole thing was like, let's do all these like couple vids or whatnot. And it's just like, these are fucking stupid. <laughs> you want to make stupid videos? I'm going to make this stupid video. I was like, why is it taking so long? Just because it is. I'm not a fucking dancer. Literal conversation. <laughs> Sounds like it went yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you were able to smile through the shortly video. after the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, again, it's at Big Country Mic'd Up on TikTok. Yes, sir. I'm going to go share it as soon as the show's over. I'm going to tweet <laughs> Let it the out. people know. Let them know where it's at. <laughs> it's it's a good scared. video. It's a I scared of the fame. <laughs> <laughs> Cracks me up every time. How about some of our favorite moments from round one of the draft? I know a lot of people were talking about it yesterday and resharing like um, – Quinn and Williams sneezing was a, a good draft moment when he said, uh, bless you, thank you, to himself <laughs> was a good one. Like the C.D. Lamb stuff with the yeah. phone. You showed me one yesterday that I had never uh, seen you. before. I don't remember who it was. The offensive Isaiah Davis was taken by the Titans. Yes. His girlfriend, he, so he's sitting on the couch, like on the phone, and his girlfriend's like standing up and like leaning on him, giving him a hug, and she's like wearing his high school jersey. Super awkward. Looking, but the mom or his mom removes her like out of the way because he wants to give her son a hug, understandably so. And the girlfriend's just like not moving, so she just grabs her and takes her out of the frame of the video and then like goes in and gives her son a hug. And I thought it was hilarious. Like, people just don't realize that one or don't give that one enough credit like they should. There was there were a couple pretty good ones last night. Uh, I'm just gonna be honest. Aiden Hutchinson's family. Beautiful. Oh my God! How are you so perfect? 
Yeah, I mean, he looks he looks just like his dad, but his mom. When you flash to the green room of that group, and I can't tell the difference on who's the mom and who's the girlfriend. His, I, I don't think there was a girlfriend. I think those were his sisters. My goodness. It's a good thing he's like six. Could you imagine trying to date one of his sisters and you go home and you're like, your brother's fucking eight. I'd like to imagine. Like, yeah. God damn. Whew. Yeah. That that was a nice draft moment. Beautiful family. Uh, Kenny Pickett, yeah. his girlfriend. <laughs> she was going Man, through it for a little bit. Rolled through this office last night were hilarious. <laughs> You can right. tell the look on her face right. about, I picked 10 or 11. It's like, why the fuck haven't you been drafted yet? Mm-hmm. I thought those experts said you were going to be the first mm. quarterback taken. <laughs> I did my research. That was supposed to happen at pick <laughs> Turned one. Turned out, this relationship is going to be over after tonight. She, she did not look too happy at part Fast of forward the, 10 the draft, draft picks. Night. Happiest girl in the room. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel bad for Kenny Pickett. I mean, he was, he was balling yeah, he his was. eyes out last night. Which, like... Why do we still do that with guys? Just cry, man. Like, it's probably Here's, one of the happiest days of your life. Keep your keep your chin up. Shed some tears. I do need to say this, and I don't want to – I'm not going to apologize, but we spent the last, like, two months just shitting on Kenny Pickett. Like, me just, 100%. Just, I mean, <laughs> annihilating the kid. Like, you wear gloves. You got small hands. Like, it's just not going to make it. This quarterback class is awful. Last, If you would have been in last year's draft class, there's no way you'd have been talking the first round. He made great decisions in his life to just have everything improve. You go back to Pitt. You're one of the best quarterbacks in the class. You had a great, phenomenal last season at Pitt. You won some awards, ACC Player of the Year. You come into the draft. You were a Heisman finalist, I believe, correct, wasn't he? Probably. You come into the draft, one of the number one quarterbacks. You get taken in the first round by the hometown team, Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're surrounded with friends and family, and you're a millionaire. That's the fucking dream. If someone would have said, Austin, do you want that? I'd be like, fuck yes, I do. Talk about my small hands all you want. Talk about me not having hair. Don't give a shit. I'm a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I got millions of dollars. Do you know what they say about guys who wear small, that have small hands? I didn't hear what you said. Do you know what they say about guys who have small small hands? Yeah. Exactly. That's Kenny Pickett. I'm getting distracted over here because just do a quick, quick little Twitter search. Aiden Hutchinson family. I feel sorry for the dad. That is a stressful life. <laughs> you gotta try, gotta trust them. <laughs> That's why you you have Aiden Hutchinson there to help protect the family. A couple favorite draft moments for me last night. Uh, obvious number one for me was the Jets taking Sauce Gardner number four overall. That is one of those bittersweet moments because I was right, but I like the player. I think he's going to be good, but I want Jets fans to suffer. But it's okay. The 10% will rise to the top, and Jet fans and I, we can be friends now. I've put it in the past. I'm sure there are a lot of fans very upset with me, but it's okay. I can take it. Thick skin. But uh, I really I enjoyed that more than I should have. Just being a petty little bitch that I am, I got a lot of joy out of it. And even, like I said, even seeing the tweet, at some point, maybe this morning, of like Matt Miller's brother is really going at or like dunking on Jet fans right now. I loved just stumbling across that one. The fact that I wasn't added or that, you know, it wasn't from Matt or it wasn't even, in, I don't even think his replies. It was just a tweet like, you might be interested in this. 
fuck yeah, thank you, Elon Musk. I was very interested in seeing that tweet. That was a that was a good moment for me. I like. Yeah, it. it was. It was fun to watch you go through the process. I took no, like I said, I took notes of everything through the draft, <laughs> and I had a separate page where it was like reactions of the draft from the office. One of them was our buddy Tuck asking you draft questions on like the possibility of Chiefs trading up for every pick after pick 13. (laughs) Every (laughs) single one. He had a scenario from pick 9, 10, until 21. I wish we were on video because just seeing him sit there with his arms in the air like, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Chiefs are up. This is what they could do. And he's just like, you know, using his hands, is like one finger, like this could be a scenario, two fingers, this could be the other one, or three. Like they might just trade back and get more picks. Who knows? Like a receiver, I don't know. Mm But my favorite one was when the Jets took the pick at Sauce Gardner, and I was watching you the whole time, and the fucking smirk that just came across your face was magnificent. <laughs> just me over here <laughs> yeah. tweeting, texting, like looking you, happy at you my desk, soaked it typing. In so, like, just so much. And then you were like, I'm going to Twitter. <laughs> like, you could tell when you, like, yeah. picked your hands up and was like, it's time. But it was awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have recorded that, I didn't. It's like that Ben Affleck movie where he has to like blow on his fingertips before he gets started with everything because of his OCD. I know you haven't nope. seen it, but maybe our listeners have. That was me. It's like, all right, fingertips are ready. And then I'm just looking. If you just looked at me, I probably looked just so pleasant. Yeah, it's like me looking it's at those so 50 nuggets at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and then, you know, me on Twitter, if you're watching that, it's like, I'm S my D. I was right about this. How's that lock taste? Uh, all kinds of different, very vile <laughs> tweets that I was sending. It was fun, though. Um, other big ones. I saw they went to one of the players and they were in his house. Like, he had just been drafted. I don't know which player it was. It, it might have been McDuffie. They went to him, but he's like, he's not on the couch. It's like clearly homie like went to the bathroom real quick. And so the camera goes to like his living room and he's nowhere to be found. But there's like, uh, you know, like a sister or a friend or whatever. There's two ladies sitting there and a couple kids, small kids. One of them, the baby is just getting bounced and is crying their <laughs> eyes out. Uh, and obviously, hopefully the baby is okay. That was hysterical. Though. I missed that one. That makes sense. Because <laughs> what you have here is shaking baby. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? This, this is the draft. There's no babies involved. And now hearing the uh-huh. story there was, I definitely did miss that one. Um, some of my favorite moments were seeing the Lions just absolutely nail their draft and the Lions making the right, or the Jets making the right decisions. I know we talked about that. What? She shook that baby like a can of paint. <laughs> that one got That's me. That's good. She did. Too. It was it was a it was a tough look <laughs> for that baby, but it was also that was from, sorry that was from yeah. the chat. Uh, someone mentioned that the excitement of like you're holding a baby, but oh my gosh, your guy just got selected, so you're like jumping up and down. But at some point, you do got to remember I'm holding the baby. I'm the one that was yeah. a crying child. I need to stop <laughs> bouncing and shaking this kid. Sorry, no, to interrupt you. I thought that was the, the, ch- the best part about the chat is the jokes that you guys throw in there. Like Jake the Snake over here. She told him, no two gloves, no loves. Kenny Pickett's girlfriend. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one in there. Uh, other, like, big moments. I love the fact that there was only one quarterback taken in the yeah, first Yeah, no time. running backs were tight ends. That was something you brought up earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah. first time ever. Uh, that was really cool. Um, we both really liked the Lions. Yeah. 
I, I just I find myself rooting for that underdog. I, I want to see it happen for them. It, all the trades that were made as well was really yep. cool to see. We asked for it. And, Boy, did we get it. Jeez. Mm-hmm. It, you know, even like the run on receivers being right about that one. Not even necessarily right. It's not like it was my opinion or I was unique yeah. to it. But just seeing it actually happen. And then it was back to back to back. Uh, I think it was like three out of four picks or four out of the five picks in a row, something like that, were all wide receivers. So, I mean, usually there's a run on a position. It's usually not so back to back to back. So that was really cool. Um, also, uh, just I had a really good time just hanging out with the dudes that it we were with last night time. and seeing the fans that are even bigger Chief fans than you, <laughs> or like maybe not bigger Chief fans than you, but can't hide their emotions. Like you said, there's you know trade scenarios being floated out for every single pick. Watching Jermaine Johnson fall and all of us trying to figure out when he was going to be drafted and things like that. It was. It was one hell yeah. of a night. You are still paying for it. My superpower is still operating. Yeah, good for you. So happy. I woke up this morning and was like, I don't know what end all of this pain is coming out of. My body's still <laughs> trying to decide. You've probably heard me hiccup or burp a couple times through the mic, and I am sorry. I think earlier in the show I even gave a quiet, like, excuse me, like while you're talking. I don't know if anyone noticed or if it picked up, but I definitely did. Um, a moment for me, though, that I really liked was that the fact – there was the amount of trades that we talked about, and I know I said it earlier in the show too, but Hollywood Brown and A.J. Brown being traded within 10 minutes of each other is just huge. We talked about all the trades happening within the draft through draft picks, but it's also just the player movement that we're seeing across the NFL. This offseason and just through round one, and I think we can probably expect more tonight as well in round two and three. Because you still got Baker Mayfield, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, Terry McLaurin might get moved, Debo Samuel. I say Terry McLaurin just because of the possibility of like, who freaking knows? Yeah, who knows right? now? A.J. <laughs> Brown got traded. Uh, a couple other ones. Uh, drop your favorite moments in the chat here as we wrap up the show today. I've seen this one in there a couple times. The reaction video of Sean McVay and Les <laughs> Snead when the Patriots were drafting. And I think Sean McVay even at one point says, like, he's laughing. It was like, I was looking at him and, like, pick 104. <laughs> Something like that. It was, it was crazy to see that. I, I don't know where they were streaming. I couldn't tell if they're at the facility. It looked like they were together, of course, out of maybe a facility or just clearly an interview. I don't know if it was like a whole setup that they did. I was like, hey, we're not making any draft picks. Let's just have some fun and answer questions while we're here and just kind of give our live reactions to the other picks from everybody in the draft because we just want a freaking Super Bowl and F them draft picks. Yeah, and how about a shout-out to some of these other teams as well? Like the Rams didn't have any draft picks. Uh, Raiders fans, I hope that you just sat at home all night and – Occasionally, like maybe when pick 22 came up, it's 22. You were just watching Devontae Adams highlights the whole time. Or even at pick 90, if you're a Dolphins fan, go ahead and watch those Tyreek highlights and enjoy it. Uh, A lot of other teams that haven't had first-round picks going to be picking in the second and third round tonight. And you still get a lot of really good quality starters here. Probably, I think there's going to be a run on receivers. Probably early. Sorry, not receivers, uh, quarterbacks. Oh, you think so? Because we didn't see any in the first round. So I, I do wonder if even later today we'll start to see some of these teams trade up to try to get their quarterback. There are a couple that are drafting pretty early in the second round, teams that could do it. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, like I've been saying all week, there are a lot of rumors that they would be targeting Desmond Ritter. 
Well, now they have a second round pick. They pick at 35 tonight. They could very easily take a quarterback, even if it's not Ritter. And I, I kind of wonder what their strategy is moving forward. If if maybe they think that they've they've completed their run with this roster and they've gone as far as they can, so they're starting to add some newer, younger pieces. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they pick right there. Uh, Seattle has pick number forty and forty one. You might want to move in front of them if you want a quarterback. So there's still going to be a lot of excitement tonight. Uh, it's not as probably as exciting as the first round. Most people, I feel like, focus on that first round. Uh, but definitely going to be some good picks in the second well, round. Well, I mean, too. there's just so many other players that are available. Like Brees Hall, your favorite running back right here. N'Kobe Dean, Malik Willis, uh, Andrew Booth, the corner out of Clemson, Boy Mafe in the edge, Kyler Gordon, the other corner from Washington. I just want to make Who? sure I get that name right. Kyler Gordon. Not, a, oh, not yeah. Kyle Jordan, you know. What idiot would fuck that up? <laughs> this one. Uh, David Ajabu <laughs> right. is still available. You know, there's questions that he might go in the first round. We'll see where he goes in the second. And then when you talk about receivers that are still available, my guy Christian Watson, George Pickens is there, Sky Moore. There's a lot of these big-name receivers that actually did fall to the second round that we thought might be there late in round one. I wonder if we do see more teams trade up to go get those guys. Yeah. I, did you mention Nicobe yes. Dean? Yeah, he was another one. I think he's the top of the Mel Kuyper big board. He was another one of those guys that, you know, earlier in the week got flagged for a little bit of an injury, and people started to think, oh, he might he might slip. He might not slip too far. He's a very athletic linebacker. He definitely could be a possibility. Uh, a lot of good talent. Running back tight ends got to come off the board eventually. Those are two of my favorite positions. Uh, but the draft starts up again tonight. That's it for Big Country and I today. We're going to be back at it on Monday. Probably a little quick recap of everything else that happens in the NFL draft. Maybe we'll see some more trades. Uh, but we appreciate you guys joining us today as always. Uh, we appreciate it. But join us in the call-in app every weekday right here at 10 a.m. The chat is popping off. And if you're not a part of it, you're really missing out. I know a lot of people probably at work right now or you're not able to. But if you can, get in there. It really is a really cool experience. Nothing like I've ever experienced before in a podcast. Like sometimes doing podcasts before, people would be like, send me a DM like, oh, I can't believe you said this. And I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> what was it? Now you get it right here in the chat. I'm like, okay, yes, I can't believe I said that either. Also, I'm sorry that I said it You're or whatever. But it is a cool feature. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, you can get that right here in the call-in app every weekday at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, that's it. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.